and welcome back to the Get On Track, Stay On Track podcast, where we're helping your small business one expert at a time. My name is Jason Weiser, and this is episode number 10. Today, we're going to answer the question, how do I develop a brand strategy with special guest Dustin Stout from Dustin TV. And I want to be sure to let you know there's more expert interviews over at www.ontracktips.com. That's ontracktips.com. Today, our expert is Dustin Stout, and Dustin's going to help us understand how to develop our brand strategy. And for those of you that don't know Dustin, Dustin's a web designer, a branding enthusiast, a blogger, a social media junkie. He hosts a series that he calls the Blogging Challenge, where he invites bloggers to gather together and write as many posts as they can in one hour. Dustin spends most of his time online hanging around Google+, where he's been dubbed the Google Plus Scholar, or a Google Plus Scholar. And uh, speaking of dubbing, his newest title from earlier this week is Dustin Mania. Uh, yeah, Dustin Mania by the now verified Hulk Hogan in his Hangout debut. And a little known fact about Dustin is that he was once a youth pastor and he attended the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Hollywood. So the next time you see Dustin, make sure you ask him about one of his more interesting roles in musical theater as the seductive butler. So I want to welcome a good friend and uh, Google Plus genius branding specialist to the show, Dustin Stout. Welcome, bud. Thank you, Jason. That was a, an awesome introduction and uh, can't wait to relive that, uh, that old acting role that was probably the most uncomfortable role I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I know everybody's going to love hearing about it. And so I want to say thank you to everybody that's on the call today. And I want to remind you that wherever you are, if you're on YouTube, go ahead. There's comments down there. Start asking some questions. If you're over on the Google Plus Events tab, that's really where the action's happening. So start asking your branding questions. Keep it short and keep it simple, and we'll bring those questions on at the end of the show. If you're on Twitter, why don't you share a little bit of Twitter love for us? Help us out. There's a pre-scripted tweet in the comments. Just grab that, paste it to your wall, and that'll help us out a lot. Uh, and we'll also be uh, doing some Twitch chat over uh, using the hashtag pound on track tips. And if you happen to be over on Facebook watching us, of course, you know where the comment stream is there. So we are looking forward to answering your questions over there as well. We've got a lot to cover in this series. This is the part one of a three-part series on branding. It's such a big topic that uh, I've decided that we need to break this up into a couple smaller pieces. Uh, today, Dustin's going to speak with us largely about uh, design, uh, graphics, and uh, understanding how to convey a consistent message across multiple networks. But we're also going to bring in branding specialist Dan Krask from the brand Shepherd in a later interview, and he's going to help us understand how to take our branding packaging from offline to off online and how to keep that consistent across all platforms. And then lastly, we're going to be bringing in Andy Lyons, who's going to be talking with us about finding your voice. So I'm really excited to do this three-part series. So get your questions ready, and uh, let's get going. Uh, well, Dustin, I think the best place to start is let's really understand um, what is, can you just really uh, summarize, what is a branding strategy? What, what do we think about when we think about a branding strategy? Well, a branding strategy is... Uh you know, first you have to identify what your brand is, what, what it is you're branding. 
and then a strategy is is just a, sort of like a game plan. You know, how are we going to go about telling our story? Uh, how are we going to go about uh, promoting our story and sharing it with the world at large? And uh, you know, strategies can range from very simple. Uh, you know, we're we're going to go after this market, this audience on this platform, or they can be extremely complicated depending on you know, the size and scope of your goals and uh, what you're actually going after. Mm -hmm. And uh, interesting, we've got a great question right off the bat. Uh, Mahabharari asks, uh, is there anything called a perfect branding strategy? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would say not in the general sense, no, because every brand is different. Uh, my brand is different from Jason's brand, and, uh, you know, which is also quite different from Hulk Hogan's brand. Uh, every every brand has a different story, and because the stories are so different, um, each brand strategy is going to be different uh, for every for every brand. Even if you know if they're in the same industry, you know, I would say Toyota and uh, Chrysler have two very different brand strategies. They might be similar in some aspects, but each one has their own specific strategy because they are targeting from a specific story. And it all comes back to what their story is and what they're trying to say. Okay. So, so let's there start. is a perfect brand strategy, but the perfect brand strategy is the one that's perfect for you and your brand. Great. Great. That's that there's a tweet for you guys. Send that out. Um, so let's 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 walk through a mock scenario. Uh, imagine I'm one of your customers and uh, I come to you and I have my product. I know um, I'm I'm get on track, stay on track, on track tips. And uh, and I come to you and I say, Dustin, I'm going to need some help getting my branding together. I've got my business strategy pretty much in order, uh, but I think that business strategy and branding strategy, uh, they, th though they run side by side, they're not exactly the same thing. Um, what would be one of the first things that you would want me to start to consider uh, with branding? Where do I start? Well, it's, it, again, it starts with story. What's your story? And, and that, that's a big, uh, uh, you know, um, not quite specific word, uh, but I would probably define it and break it up into a few chunks. Number one, what is your goal? What, what are you going after? What's the thing that drives what you're doing? And once you identify with that, your, your end goal, um, you have your product, so you, obviously you should have an end goal in mind or at least a, you know, a, a far out goal in mind. And once you have that goal, we would go from, okay, now how do we tell this, how do we tell our story? How do we share what our goal is in the most articulate and uh, specific manner that would identify us with that goal and have our audience identify what we're doing? And so that's where I would start. We would get very, very clear on the objective, what the, uh, what the brand is about, you know, what what's the driving force behind the brand that propels them forward? And once yeah. you find that that core, that something down deep that really drives you and what you're going after, then we can start to build the brand. Because yeah. without that core drive, you you have no direction, and your your identity is just you know floating out there somewhere. That, that, that goes right along with what Michael Nelson was telling us with our brand strategy that we need to define ourselves. We have to know who we are. We have to divine, define us, define our product, and define our market. So I've defined my market. I've defined my strategy. I'm get on track, on track tips. I want to help 
other entrepreneurs and small businesses get online um, by bringing them experts. So the next thing I need to do is I need to create a personality or a, um, how, where do you start with, what, maybe, can you give us some quick tips to consider when designing, say, your logo or your website uh, graphically? Let's, let's turn there real quickly if we can. What are some Absolutely. definite do's and some definite don'ts? Do you have any of those you can give us? Well, number one, uh, always keep it simple. Always simplify your concepts as much as possible. I was having a conversation with a client last night and, um, you know, you really want to get to the root of the thing that you're out there trying to communicate uh, with a with a logo. When you start with a logo, you, you can't start with a logo itself. You have to say, OK, what colors are going to emotionally connect us with our audience? What colors resonate with what we are trying to do? Um, you know, my favorite colors are red and I see you've you've chosen a very great color for on track tips. Um, so I would start there with the colors. What colors emotionally connect to our identity? And there's a, there's a whole psychology in colors. I, I wrote about it before, um, you know, the specific mental cues that colors give us. Um, but I would start with the colors. And the biggest thing with colors, keep it to two colors and three colors maximum. Um, Google is sort of the exception. They've got four, different, four or five different colors in their logo. Uh, but when it comes to a, a solid brand, the best way to the best thing to do is to pick two or three, if necessary, colors to to identify your brand, and then from there we can start developing the logo, uh, the symbol that will represent who who your business is and who your brand is, and uh, how it's represented to the rest of the world. So uh, I've seen some logos, and in fact, I've gone through a number of transitions with my logo, and uh, I, I, I noticed that like some of the more professional logos, they seem to be, well, I don't know, frankly, boring in terms of lots of stuff going on. Um, why is that? Well, again, it goes back to simplicity. Uh, if you think about it this way, uh, if you have a, a canvas and you have all this stuff painted all over the place. My wife is a painter. She's a wonderful painter. And, you know, she, she loves doing these very abstract things. Um, and let's say there's a centerpiece in that, in that painting, but you have all this stuff going around, around outside that centerpiece. What happens is the centerpiece, it, it loses its power because there's so much distracting around it. If you, now I wish I had a visual to illustrate this, but I haven't quite finished that visual yet. But when you take away all the clutter, you take away everything that, that, doesn't, that doesn't need to be there, then you allow for the, the centerpiece to shine more. So trim, trimming all the fat allows you to have a more solid, uh, identifiable brand. Perfect example, Apple. They could have been extremely allowed. They have all the, the resources to get the best designers to do the fanciest logo in the world, but what did they do? They just used an apple with a little bite taken out of it. That is one of the most powerful symbols and most recognizable symbols in the world. Why? Because it's simple. It's recognizable because they've been consistent with it, and it's simple enough to where uh, you know you you can't not recognize it. Nike is another example. It's a swoosh. That's it. Just a swoosh. So simplicity is powerful 
because you cut away all the fat and you let the you let the simplistic thing shine through and uh, it shows confidence i think is is what it really does confidence and recognizability are to the benefits of keeping things dead simple it's interesting that you mentioned Apple because I remember back in high school, I'm dating myself, but back in the Apple IIcs, I remember the Apple logo used to be very colorful, and now it's yeah. just a, a flat color. So they must have figured something out there, yeah? Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, then now another thing that we want to consider is uh, in terms of logos, some things that I've experienced, and just tell me if I'm on track here or not, but uh, I've noticed that when you're thinking about your logo, consider how that logo is going to work in all different kinds of areas, all the way from your nav icon, which is the little tiny icon up in your browser. Does it look good up there? Which, I, which again, uh, echoes or reaffirms your point on simplicity. All right. the way to how does it look at 16 by 16? How does it look at you know 32 by 32 in terms of pixel resolutions? Um, right. Do you have anything you want to talk about that, uh, keeping that consistent? Yeah. Anything you want again, to add that, I think that's another reason that... that over the course of time, really savvy brands have simplified their logos because they recognize it needs to be it needs to be scalable from very, very, very small, like the fave icon in, in browsers, uh, but still be recognizable at that size, but also be able to scale much larger, you know, translate to billboards and, and things like that. So I think the, the evolution of digital and uh, the evolution of just technology in general, giving us so many mediums to to brand across um, has forced us to become more, to think simpler and uh, more effective than, uh, you know, say back in, in the early Apple days, you know, even before their colorful logo, if you research back, they had a, a very extravagant uh, piece of art. I wouldn't even call it a logo. It was a piece of art that was their uh, symbol. But, uh, you know, they managed to simplify after that. And ever since, it's been getting simpler and simpler and simpler. Mm -hmm. And what about what about websites or other uh, graphic things that you need to consider um, when you're doing some branding? Do you have any other nuggets that you can quickly throw at us um, before we move on? Um, yeah, I would just say always just keep it simple and consistent. Simple and consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, your your brand needs to be recognized quickly and and effectively. So mm -hmm. the simpler you can make it. And the more effective it can be and the more recognizable it will be and just be dead on consistent. The same exact colors, not a hue darker, not a hue lighter, the same colors again and again, over and over. Consistency always wins. Nice. And uh, so it's interesting. You bring up Nike and you say the swoosh. Well, I mean, the Apple, we understand Apple with Apple. It makes sense. But a swoosh with Nike. Now, that swoosh in itself really doesn't tell me anything. But the reason no. why that works for me is because of the voice that's behind it and the message that they've sent out, their identity. They've, they've, they've branded or they've triggered that in my mind. So now when I see that, I automatically think Nike. So let's take that transition now. We've created our logo. We've thought about some colors and some ideas about branding. And, and let me add there too, it, uh, would you say it's um, that it's a safe bet that you that, that getting your logo and doing it yourself is probably not, it's probably not somewhere you want to cut corners? Yeah, I would say if you can at all, Find find a designer that knows what they're doing and and pay them for their work because it will pay you dividends for the lifetime of your brand. If you get someone who knows what they're doing and is able to 
to give you that symbol and that identity. And it's it goes much beyond just the symbol. It's it's the brand identity. Somebody who knows that this is going to be you. This is how you're going to represent yourself to the world. Um, that is going to pay so much more than uh, you know than trying to do it yourself and you know doing a uh, you know an okay job of it. If you if you can get that right, get someone who knows about identity and, and solidifying a visual identity across uh, digital platforms and even you know real life platforms. That will pay and pay and pay and pay. Just I mean the Nike logo is the perfect example. They paid forty five dollars I think or something ridiculous like that for that logo, and uh, look what it's done for them as far as brand recognition. Yeah. So um, another thing that I want to, as we're can, uh, now transitioning into how to convey your message, another thing that I'm going through right now that I'm experiencing, you know, my business that I branded was Webination Station. So now imagine when somebody asks me what your email address is, I say, you know, my email address is info at webinationstation.com. And you can imagine how difficult that is for many people to try to explain. The thing that I am really impressed and really want to encourage other people, maybe you want to develop on this a little bit more, but why does Nike work? Why does Apple work? better than say webination station or something like you know san francisco bay area insurance company you know what i mean <laughs> uh yeah um again it, it goes back to simplicity i think there's confidence in simplicity uh those who who have the most simple um straightforward uh identifiable brands just come off as we're confident in this. We don't need extra fluff. We don't need anything else but to tell you what we're doing. And you know, you just got to make it easy for people. There's a million billion brands out there trying to capture people's attention. Um, and, and the longer you make your name, is is the more brain space that you're trying to take from them. So. Oh, yeah. uh, also with those longer names, something that I'm running into is my email is hard to spell. People have trouble typing in my URL if they don't have a link. People on Twitter, for example. I mean, it just takes up tons of real estate on Twitter. You know, 140 characters, you got to consider that. Uh, something that I'm going through right now then is so I'm, I'm in the process of rebranding. I'm, I'm transitioning from Webination Station to OnTrack Tips. I've shortened it. I've condensed it. People understand it a little bit better. And that brings up a question from one of our audience members. Uh, Jeff asks us, when is it time to refresh your branding strategy? And so, Jeff, for me, the time was now when I realized that as of my business is growing, I can't scale with Webination Station, but Dustin, what would your answer be to Jeff? When is it time to refresh your branding strategy? I, I think you have to really be in tune to your audience. Uh, if you're hearing stuff like that, Jason, where people are saying, oh, wait, how do you spell that? Or can you, can you tell me that again? If you need to repeat it multiple times to people who are asking you about your website domain or, or your Twitter handle or your email address, it's, it's too long, it's too complicated. It's time to, to rethink, you know, go back to the drawing board and see where you can simplify. But, uh, you know, it has to do with your, your audience and, and always, always keeping your ear to what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So, so that, then that, the only way that they can know, um, okay, so now let's go back to that Nike illustration and, and people need to associate the swoosh with Nike or let's let, you know, to, to our listeners, let's look at Dustin right now. He's got this, uh, he's got his, um, 
uh, what would you call it? Speech bubble. Stand up a little bit so we can see your little D speech oh, bubble on your shirt yeah. there. Yeah, so he's got his little D speech bubble. Now, of course, when you see that, it, it makes you think of something. Hey, so I want everybody that's on the call right now, go ahead and type in the comments. What do you think of when you think of Dustin Stout, when you think of his brand? Let's help him out uh, a little bit. What, what, do, what does that convey to you? Um, and then, Dustin, while they're typing in that, I want you to answer for us um, and get t transition us now into how you represent yourself in social media. What message are you trying to convey with your brand? How are you trying to identi identify yourself? And uh, we'll see if it's working. Uh, yeah, I, you know, when I when I started my blog, there there was a very different strategy, and over time, it's kind of evolved. And as I found my voice a little bit better, I've always been a designer. And so, you know, creativity and, and things that are visually beautiful have always attracted me. And I, I just kind of want to make the world a more beautiful and attractive place. And uh, so I come from that angle and I, 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 have a, I, I feel like I have a, uh, a need to encourage people in that and to, uh, to, to bring out the creative side in everyone because I truly believe everyone has a creative side. Everyone is built to be creative, whether it's in speaking, even mathematics, science, the most uncreative thing you could think of, there's creativity in it. And I, it, for me, I just want to draw that out of people, whether it's leading by example or giving you know bits of encouragement like I do in the morning with my daily kick in the pants. Um, but I also have this social media addiction. And so for me, it's, you know, my tagline is kind of social media and creativity collide. And uh, I try to take those two elements because they're they're so conducive to what I'm about, just bringing creativity into the world and bringing it out of others. And social media allows me to do that in, in such a brilliant way. Um, and so I don't know if that answered your question. That was yeah, kind of a long way. No, it does. It does. But so so what are some of your what are some of the the key strategies that you use? to convey your message. I mean, you're, you put up a post on Google plus and you've got stuff going insane. I think I heard that you had one that you put up for Mike Alton that got like 16,000 clicks or something like that. I mean, yeah. there's gotta be some strategy behind what you're doing there. Can you let us in on maybe a couple of your, um, some things that you do that are more branding specific than just social media specific? Yeah, well, I, I have a very clear goal. I, I have some very clear objectives that I'm going towards. It's, it's creativity, uh, displaying creativity, and and extracting creativity from others, bringing it out of them. So anything that is, uh, you know, I constantly share other people's things. I'm not I'm not one of those guys who's just sharing my own stuff over and over and over again. At least I try not to be that guy. But uh, you know, just posting consistently, I found I found where my my audiences are. Uh, my audiences are primarily on Twitter and Google Plus. Um, I found that Facebook really do wasn't doing much for me because my audience was there was really family and friends. Um, and most of them aren't into the whole social media thing. They just want to see pictures of my son, and that's fine. Uh, he's cute as a button. So I, f I found my audience. I know where they're at, uh, primarily on Google+, and I've, I've just targeted it. And I put, I put great stuff out there that matches what I'm about, and that's creativity and social media. So when I find a great article or post or anything social media oriented, I share that with my audience because I want them to to be on this journey with me. I want them to glean from what I'm gleaning from. And uh, I, I do that consistently. The, the big thing about 
building a, a solid brand. And I love that Hulk Hogan talked about this the other day. Um, is consistency. Being consistent day in, day out. That's why I do my daily kick in the pants uh, every single day. I do it every weekday because consistency in your voice and what you're doing is so important. You know, people, I think, they want to trust you. And they can't trust you if you're inconsistent. And that consistency shows them, okay, this guy or this gal or this brand is the real deal. And they're going to be there day in, day out, doing the same thing. And that is the most important part of branding, in my opinion. Uh, if you get everything else wrong, if your logo's terrible, if your branding is awful, but you're consistent with your message day in and day out, that will make all the difference. We had an, we had an earlier question um, from Preston Odenbrandt who asked, uh, he's, he's in the process of branding his own business, but he's a part of a bigger organization. And so he wants to know, how can I identify myself apart from this bigger organization that he's a part of and still have his own identity, but yet still be attached to um, that other organization that he's a part of? What would you suggest to, to Preston? Oh, well, I mean, that's, you know, that's tricky. I don't know much about what organization he's a part of or if the, the brand he's trying to build on the side is uh, similar to that brand or if it's a different thing altogether. But uh, I think, you know, it's just building that consistency, you know, make a, make a definite uh, separation of this is this brand and this is me representing this brand. Um, just be very think, clear about what those lines are. Sorry to cut you off, Dustin, but to sure. clarify, I think that what he's saying is it would be, for example, like a uh, state farm insurance salesman. So okay. how do you brand yourself as the salesman versus branding state farm? Above uh, okay. I think, that's, I think that's what he's asking. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. So in that, in that example, you know, cause you had a lot of real estate guys out there, a lot of insurance guys out there who, um, and that's important for them. And I think real estate has uh, has always tried to uh, try to, to stand out in that way. Um, and it, at that point, whether you're an insurance salesman or uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some other industries that have that. It's it's really about being being the most helpful, the most valuable person in that field. And if you're constantly, consistently giving value in that field, you'll stand out amongst the crowd. Uh, I can't think of a really great example, but you know, um, it, it, it really comes down to consistency and uh, being being the most invaluable person in that in that industry. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to I want to bring up a couple of our other comments on the screen just real quickly. Jim Fierce says I have circle explosion on the brain when I think of Dustin Stout. So that's what he associates. Yes. Somebody else said that they uh, associate YouTube. They think of I think it was Sam Ormandy who said uh, I think of YouTube when I think of Dustin TV. So in fact I'm going to go check it out right now. So I think oh, he gosh. jumped over to your YouTube channel. Yeah, Debbie, you ask a really important question here, and one that I don't know if we have time to an really answer, but will rebranding or refreshing your brand have a negative effect on your SEO? And I can address that uh, because I've talked extensively, um, uh, done a lot of research in going from Webination Station to OnTrack Tips, but let's hear from Dustin first if you've got anything specific that you know about that that we need to know. I am the wrong guy to ask that. I'm, uh, I'm not 
completely anti-SEO, but uh, I'm, I'm not known for my SEO knowledge. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to lean towards create amazing content that's valuable to people, that offers them value, and everything else will take care of itself. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I wouldn't think there's a huge amount of negative effects on that. But again, I'm in no way an authority on that. Well, the, the main thing that I will answer you, Debbie, and why don't you send me a private message and we can talk about it more in depth because I've spent a lot of time researching this. But the main thing that you need to consider when changing names uh, like I am, Web Nation Station on Direct Tips, you have to ask yourself, first of all, what kind of brand equity do you have? Right now, what does Web Nation Station have in terms of backlinks, in terms of page rank, um, and other what, what kind of brand equity does that really have? How do people associate with it? And frankly, my brand, though I've had it around for many years, uh, it doesn't have a huge following. It doesn't have the leverage that OnTrack Tips, I believe, is going to have. OnTrack Tips has gotten a lot more momentum than WebNation Station, so for me, it makes sense to make that transition. We can talk a little bit more about that, though. Uh, anybody who wants to hear about that, go to the comments, and I'll, I'll make sure to address some of those. Um, <clears throat> And uh, so um, I think that's pretty much all of it. Oh, Mark, Mark, uh, uh, Mick Sharp, he says, it's the same as creating clear call to actions, clean, simple, just sings. Yeah, Mark, Mick, yes, you're right. Absolutely. That's, uh, I think, exactly what Dustin was saying. But uh, Dustin, hey, we're at the end of our half hour, man. This fire hose goes so quickly. But uh, I, I hope that we answered as many questions as we could. Uh, we're great. I'm very grateful that we had, had you on the show. I want to know, is there anything that you want, uh, where, where can uh, our listeners, readers, go and find you or hear more about you? Well, the best place is always to go to my blog, uh, Dustin.tv. It's D-U-S-T-N.tv. No I, uh, because it's cool to drop a vowel, apparently. Um, There's an interesting branding choice right there, right? <laughs> there, exactly. Different to me. And uh, Dustin with the I was already taken, and the guy refuses to give it to me. So ah. it's <laughs> Dustin, no I, dot TV. And uh, you can always interact with me there. I love, uh, I love answering comments, and uh, I get tons of emails through my contact page there, and I I'm always sure to get, hit those emails first, but I'm, I'm always on Google Plus, obviously, so feel free to reach out that way as well. Anything special you're working on right now that you want to promote or share with oh, us? Oh, gosh. What am I not working on right now? Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of things. Uh, I'm really just uh, – it's coming towards the end of the year, and at the end of every, every year, I, I reveal – or at, rather, January 1st, uh, I always reveal a brand new design for Dustin.tv as a you know as a as a web designer. I, I kind of like to you know be my own work of art, and so come January first, Dustin.tv will be undergoing some dramatic changes from uh, you know from a, even from the very framework is changing, and I'm really excited to unveil that to the world. You do you want us visiting you on Google Plus or your um, or YouTube, your at your Twitter? and Dustin.tv, and which all those links are going to be in the description, both on the sidebar, on the blog, uh, when we write this up. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps it up, and uh, I want to give one more shout-out to the crew that's doing the Let the Sunshine Philippines, and I want you to go and look for that, and we're u- and they're using the hashtag YolandaPH. That's, uh, I'll type that into the d- descriptions below. And we're, what we're doing is we're trying to leverage social media to really make a difference. 
and everybody knows that the hurricane that happened in the Philippines, and it's a fundraising event. But right now, what we're really asking everybody, if you're involved in social media in any way, we don't need your money right now. What we need is share this, get the message out there, and use your social media clout to help out. And then, of course, those people that are impacted or feel moved to want to help out financially, then they will have those opportunities through that link. You can go to the descriptions here, and you'll see the link to the article uh, that we want shared and promoted. Uh, my name is Jason Weiser, and I own Webination Station, soon to be, on tracktips.com. And I'm also the owner of the Christians of Business community right here on Google+. And I want to thank our special guest today, Dustin Stout, for coming in and helping us understand how to develop a business or develop your branding strategy. So that's all for now, and uh, we'll see you next time around. All right, bye now.